Welcome to Freya's Fairy Tales, where we believe fairy tales are both stories we enjoyed as children and something that we can achieve ourselves. Each week, we will talk to authors about their favorite fairy tales when they were kids and their adventure to holding their very own fairy tale in their hands. At the end of each episode, we will finish off with a fairy tale or short story read as close to the original author's version as possible. I am your host, Freya Victoria. I'm an audiobook narrator that loves reading fairy tales, novels, and bringing stories to life through narration. I'm also fascinated by talking to authors and learning about their why and how for creating their stories. We have included all of the links for today's author and our show in the show notes. Today is part one of two, where we are talking to Marie Pridgen about her novels. Over the next two weeks, you will hear about being encouraged to write children's books, taking advantage of the time you are given, even if it's unconventional, talking about your books wherever you are, taking advantage of the opportunities that come to you, and knowing your strengths, and getting people to help you with things you're not the best with. Morag and the Land of Tirnanog Deep in the forest, there's a very secret place— that mortals have heard of, but only a rare few have ever ventured into. It is called Tirnanag, which means land of youth. It is a beautiful place where magic lives and happiness and health are abundant. It is said that if you listen very carefully, you can hear singing, dancing, music, and laughter. The show is Freya's yes. Fairy Tales. And Lovely. That's fairy tales in two ways, and you're a little bit unique because of what you write, but fairy right. tales are something that we, <clears throat> you know, we watched movies of or we read ourselves or our mom or dad read to us as kids. Um, so exactly. I like, I li and then it's also the process of spending weeks, months, years writing your own book to then get to hold that in your hands is a fairy tale for the author as well. Um, exactly. So I, I like exactly. to start off with what was your favorite fairy tale when you were a kid and did that favorite change as you got older? Um, I would say that um, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs is probably one of my favorites. Um, <laughs> but, you know, as a child growing up, but a lot of fairy tales, especially in Ireland, you know, came from your hand-me-down stories as such. Mm -hmm. And um, The Wooing of Bechfola was another one that um, I loved dearly. And just stories um, from my grandmother uh, that she would pass on to my mom. Mm -hmm. And there were stories that were uh, all about the fairies mm -hmm. and how she met them and her journey with them. So I suppose that the the more the ones I love the most were the ones I heard from my mother. Now, mm -hmm. were they made up? I'm sure they were, <laughs> but they were fabulous as a child, you yeah. know, because they just gave you this imagination that these fairies were alive and well, mm -hmm. you know, and they lived among us. And only the very few, very special ones um, got to hear about them and got to entangle in their life. Mm -hmm. So for me, you know, the American fairy tales were just, oh, fantastic. But 
I think the Irish fairy tales were just something of my culture and my folklore right. that uh, really captured me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. And then at what age did you start thinking, hey, I might want to write a book or did you start you know, writing stories yourself? I did. I started writing stories. I would say I was probably about 10 or 11. And, you know, in school you had to write compositions and all of that. Right. And so I would write stories and my teachers would say, hmm, you're you're pretty good, Marie. Your imagination is out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, you know, and that was a compliment to me. Right. So <laughs> I would write little stories and turn them in. And then as I got to, as you call high school, mm-hmm. um, I had this English teacher. And of course, you know, we were doing um, Catherine and Heathcliff and all that genre. And one day he pulled me aside and he said, I have to ask you, uh, where did you get that ability to write the way you do? Mm-hmm. And honestly, Priya, I never realized I really had that ability. I just thought it was just something everybody had, you know. Right. He said when I was leaving high school, he said, you might want to consider one day writing some children's books. I think you would be very good at that. And I kind of just brushed that off. Oh, you know, thank you. You know, I don't know. (laughs) So about a couple of years ago, yeah, you know, I was thinking, no, a couple of years ago, I um, had broken my leg and I had to be off. Yes, I had to be off from work and everything. And I was sitting there one Sunday and all of a sudden, it was like, boom, it hit me. Mm-hmm. It was like a magical story itself. I felt the fairies were telling me, it's now time for you to tell stories about us. Mm-hmm. And Freya, within 20, 20 minutes, I had started a story. And by the end of the day, it was finished. Now, I'm not an artist as such. I don't draw. I don't, you know, I can barely draw a stick man. But <laughs> I found this woman who was a who was a great illustrator and she got me I I would tell her and I can see the characters in my head Mm -hmm. and I would tell her and she just got me you know I mean I would see the the raindrop dripping from the leaf and I could see the character the way we'd look at that and this lady um just captured everything for me and it just was an amazing thing to see to start seeing what other people saw in me mm-hmm. it gave me that encouragement it just made me feel you know what maybe my English tutor was correct maybe I can really do this right and so writing it every day and just thinking about the characters just brought it all together for me it's like my writing came full circle and then I realized I can write. I can actually write, mm-hmm. you know. So that has been a revelation for me. It really has. Now, during that time, did you just write the one book during the time you were down with your broken leg? Okay. And yes. You have a few I, out now, right? I do. I have another one. I have actually in the middle of writing the third, the sequel to Mirage and the Land of Tunanog. Uh, when I, I just wrote the one. And then last year, I uh, wrote the sequel to that. It was, it's called The Capture of Morag. And mm-hmm. so now I'm in the third cycle of it. I'm writing the end of that series right now. Okay. And so you you wrote this book. How long? You said it didn't take you very, you wrote it no. in a day. Um, how yeah. long did it take the illustrator to to do the illustrations? 
that took a while. Um, the lady that was doing the illustrations was going through school and she was going through get her masters and all mm-hmm. that. So um, that actually took a while. It the second book actually took longer. The second book for the illustrations took over two years. Okay. Oh, Yes. And then I, you see, I, I first published by myself and mm-hmm. then I got picked up by a publisher. And of course there's, they want the book done at a certain time. Right. So I ended up to find another illustrator that would finish the capture of Morag for me. So I ended up with two illustrators for the second book. You know? Okay. And did they stay like the same, the, did they keep like the same style as each other? Now there's two. There was two different styles, but my creative mind uh, in the second book, the the lady who did the first book and the lady who did the second book, the lady who did the second book couldn't really capture Mirage the way that I needed her to. So what I did was, I put Mirage through a metamorphosis, where she changed because she was in in the mortal world and she was dying mm-hmm. because. You couldn't get her home. So I met her go through a metamorphosis. And so that actually was great in the story as well, because here uh-huh. she was, this beautiful fairy, and now she was starting to fade and her wings were fading because she right. was dying. So that kind of brought another element to the story and it actually worked out really well. Okay. And so now you're you're currently working on the third? I'm currently working on the third book, yes. Okay, and when is um, that one, I'm guessing, is with the same publisher, right? Same publisher, and I'm hoping by the end of this year that it'll be finished. Now, I just met with the illustrator um, last week, and we were just uh, going, you know, doing some ideas about how I needed to look this time and how the other characters. So I had introduced new characters into the second book. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, so I wanted, I, I really needed to kind of streamline, keep the same flow in the book. Right. So I think this time uh, it will be more of a flow with, because I'll stay with the one illustrator and she's going to finish everything through. Okay. And so yeah. um, now you are originally from Ireland, right? I am. Yes. And how did you end up in the U.S.? Well, I had moved to Germany when I was about 19, 18, 19, and I went over there as an au pair, uh, a nanny. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, because I wasn't making any money and I was just living from paycheck to paycheck. <laughs> so then I got a opportunity to work for the U.S. military as a local national. So what that means is that the German government hires me as a European to work mm-hmm. for the American military. And through that is where I met my husband. Okay. And so you moved here because of him? Yes. Yes. Okay. And so you, all this writing that you've done, you did it all here, but the stories are Irish based stories. Yes, they are. Yes. And, you know, another reason why I wrote those books, Freya, is because, you know, I wrote it too for sick children because, you know, they deserve to have some freedom from their, from their illness. And I wanted to, transport them to a place where nobody dies nobody gets sick everybody's happy the sun is always shining and you Mm -hmm. live forever and so I wanted to give that to them to kind of transport them away from their everyday life that they're Mm -hmm. going through like you needed like you needed while you were stuck on the couch 
Exactly. 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 Mm-hmm. So, um, so that has been a very rewarding um, thing for me uh, to be able to do that, and, and just you know, when they read the book, you can just see that they want to go to a place where there's no illness and they can be free, and it's just a lovely, a lovely thing. So what have you been able to do with the book? Have you been able to, um, now clearly from what you just said, you've been able to see people reading the book. Yes. Um, what kind of events or whatever have you been able to do? Now, the publishers that I'm with, they go to cons. Um, okay. And they have cons all over the country. They're also publishers themselves. They write their own books. Okay. As such. So, you know, um, so they get to produce their own books and introduce their own books. And plus they have, they have several authors um, besides myself. So they go to the cons. I've been to one or two cons um, and, and it's fine. You know, it's fine. But um, I'm still not getting the word out there as such. I'd love for more people to know about the books, mm-hmm. but it's hard to get it out there, you know. I feel like it's a little bit of a different world, too. Like most of the authors that I talk to write either young adult yes. or adult books. It's a it's totally yes. a different game when it's a kid's book because you don't have the kids on social media. It's their parents. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You don't. So it's harder for a children's author to um, to kind of push that out there, you know, mm-hmm. because most people like yourself love the uh, older genre books and more fantasy for older kids and people love romance stories and, you know, true life stories. So it is a little bit di- more difficult, I would say, for children's author to really get their books out there. Now, are you in any bookstores? Because I imagine that's where the kids would more easily no, find you. Um, right now, the publishing company that I'm with um, has been trying to get us into bookstores. I don't think they've had great success. So um, I myself right now was researching that for myself to see mm-hmm. how can I do that for myself and get my books out there. You yeah. know, I've heard that if you have a local like Barnes and Noble near you, they will list you but I don't know I, yeah. I don't I don't have any published books myself yet so I don't know how that works but I've well, that heard works, that yeah. and I assume other local bookstores would do the same thing if you know you're in the area um so yeah, well, that's what I'm trying I'm heading for that um because I know you I mean they have several authors that they have to also look out for you know right <clears throat> and they're trying their best to get their own books out there as well mm-hmm. so um, I've just been thinking lately, maybe I need to step up a little bit of my own and to step out there and do a little bit more mm-hmm. of presenting and maybe going into the bookstores, bringing my books with me, introducing myself. Right. And perhaps that might be a way of saying, oh, well, she came in, she's, you know, she's got these books. You know, it might be a way for me to um, get the books in the shop. Even like, do libraries still do like children's reading times? Yes. Now, I did do one uh, this June and it was fabulous. It was absolutely fabulous. All these children came, you know, and I read the book to them. And of course, it was like herding cats, you know, <laughs> as it is. <laughs> As it is. And so I mean, well, and they're asking you questions and then they'll say out of nowhere, uh, they put their hands up and I'm like, oh, they have a question. It's like, no, my teacher said I was supposed to put my hands up. Like, oh, okay. Or look, look at my thumb. I cut my thumb, you know, so 
And you just, yeah, I mean, what do you do? It's just yeah. so funny, you know, it's funny. But, uh, and then you're, you're fidgeting and all of that. But right. I, I will say that uh, when I showed them the illustrations, it was just like, oh my goodness, you know. The yeah. illustrations are phenomenal in the books. The ladies that did these illustrations really brought my books to life. Mm-hmm. I really have to give them credit. They did a phenomenal job on them. Along the 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 children squirming, we went to half price books a couple weeks ago, yeah. and you know I, t- I we me, I have a seven year old, and so me and my husband oh. are browsing the adult books, and so we take sure. her over to the children's section. We're like, here, you know, you go. There weren't a lot of people in the store, so we're like, you go look in the kids section while we look in the grown up section. She's like, okay, cool. So we go to find her, and she's sitting down with this mom and her kid who are reading. <laughs> 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 she's just made herself part of their family to listen to this story. <laughs> But I can definitely having, you know, taught kids and stuff. um, I can see the like my my kids fairly like she's going to she's a very busy bodied child, but she does like when she's listening to a story, she will listen to it. (laughs) But you just reminded me of like that a couple weeks ago. Just like I'm part of this (laughs) part of this family now. (laughs) So cute. So right now, I imagine you're on Amazon. Are you available anywhere else? Yeah, on Amazon. And then, of course, the publishers is called Jump Master Press. And that's where um, my books are published and distributed and can be purchased there. Okay. And so do you do, do you do, do you like have your own website and do signed copies for um, I don't have my own website, which I need to actually think about that. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, the, <laughs> sign copies, the sign copies, I go ahead and sign them. And then the publishers, when someone purchases, then they get a signed copy. Okay. So the publisher is doing that distribution yes, right now. Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't mean to put pressure on you for the website. <laughs> no, but I do need one. I mean, you know, I, I had one last year, but then the year before, but then when the um, pandemic hit, you know, everything just kind of crashed and, it right. just, you know, and so I didn't put much thought into it, but I, I really seriously probably need to do that. I probably do need to do that. Yeah. I've been like slowly building mine out. So like I have the podcasts, obviously. I love and, like, your podcast, by the way. You are brilliant. <laughs> and I, love I made sure like as I pick podcast names, I'm like, or and I as I pick pseudonyms too, like I wanted yes. to be able to own the donate domain. Yes. So yes. I like made sure like pick a name. Okay, I like the name. Let's make sure I can own the domain for that. So I don't have to add anything weird to the end to make it make sense or whatever. Yes. Um, so like there is Freya Victoria. There is another Freya Victoria that does like ASMR videos. Um, and she has a pretty big following of ASMR stuff, but she doesn't narrate. So I'm like, hey, we're good. Uh, <laughs> and I own the domain for it. She does uh, not. So <laughs> I'm like, too bad, too bad. But I've been like slowly over time like building so yeah. like one weekend I built one podcast one the next weekend I built another one I built up the Freya Very Victoria good. one now I'm trying to add in like newsletters so that's like right. the next couple of weeks I'm adding like newsletter Brilliant. features on there what I'll put on it I don't know but <laughs> I, I'm told that you should have one <laughs> so 
He's just like me. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. I feel so like out of my depth with everything. Like, oh yeah. no, I got banned on TikTok Live, so now I'm like, oh, well, let's what? find something else. Oh, yeah, I was doing a um, <laughs> romance narration, and words Fine. were used that are not okay on their lives, apparently. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I got banned for like four days. I'm back now, but... <laughs> you rebel, you. <laughs> yeah, so while I was banned, I'm like, let's find an alternative. So when I have these yeah. not as appropriate books, I can do it somewhere I'm not going to get banned. So um, <laughs> now I have a Discord, but now I have to figure out how to use Discord. <laughs> Like, oh, oh God, that's funny. Oh, it's, it's a process, but even like same for you. Like, I feel like taking it just like one step at a time. Oh, yes. Like you don't have to do everything at once. And I loved when I started podcasting, my host, yeah. like where I upload the episodes to and then they distribute it for me. Yes, um, yes. They had these like generic websites that you could use for your podcast. And there'd be like a landing page with all oh. of your like, here's the different links for like, you know, the different like Apple podcasts and Google podcasts. And like, right. you know, here's the different links. So I could just send them to this landing page. Um, and then they had just a generic, like, here's all the episodes listed. Well, I didn't like I liked that. But because I have yeah. like this one, I would rather it be where I could like have each author has their own page where oh, like, you know, really? here's the featured author and whatever. And they just didn't have the functionality yeah. to be able to change anything. It was like one list of episodes and that's it. Like that was your that's only it. option. You could change oh. like my about me's on the left or the right or the bottom, but you couldn't oh. change the rest of it. Oh, um, I see. So now, yeah. nowadays, if you go look at the Freya's fairy tales, I'll have like the homepage will have the featured author, the one whose episodes are currently airing. And then yeah. you can go to the menu and see like, here's all the authors. And then you can click to their page about them that stays there all the time with their episodes oh, on it. Oh, very good. So then that works out for authors that, you know, continue to publish. If I ever had yes. them on again, yes. I could yes. put their episodes on their page again. Perfect. <laughs> so. Yeah, that makes great sense. Perfect. But then yeah. my fiction podcast, that one, I have it set up where on the all the episodes page, you can filter. Same. Each book has its own page. Each author right. has their own page. Right. Um, but you can also filter on the all the episodes page. You can filter by what book it is so you only see oh. those books. Well, yeah. I, I like to make my life complicated. <laughs> I <was just> like, <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm going, oh, my God. How do you keep up? <laughs> Most God. of them auto do. But like as far as like the Freya Victoria website, that's just like yeah. I'm working on my own books. So there's a page for like my books, which I think literally just says work in progress right now because I'm still yeah. floundering on what exactly I'm going to write. Um, I know it has to do with mythology. <laughs> but that, that's, that's the extent of it. So, but because I narrate, I have my books and then the books I've narrated and then yeah. the podcasts. And that's like the main. And then narrators are supposed to have like samples on their Web page. So I have that on there. Um, right. That one's way less complicated than any of the podcast ones. <laughs> I don't have to pull in from other sources yeah. like 
<laughs> I have a book release. I just copy the, like, if an audiobook releases, I just copy, like, the blurb from Amazon and put that with the book oh, name and God. picture, and that's it. <laughs> like, that's we're, great, we don't have to make them all complicated, just some right. of them. <laughs> but the good thing about websites, too, is once you build it, yeah. You don't have to mess with it usually until something new happens and you have to, you know, add your new book up on there. Right. Or, right. Um, you know, if you want to do a lot of authors will have a blog section where you talk about, you know, which I imagine the same thing that's in the newsletter. That's what mine will right. be at least. Yeah. Um, you know, what you're working on and, exactly. hey, you know, book is with the illustrator now or book is you know being edited now or whatever. Um, unless you're like crazy because I've read. um, Who is it? George R. R. Martin. He has the weirdest blog posts. Like oh he's always I'm like, you have five books out. <laughs> You're supposed to have, I think, eight in the series. I don't remember how many he wants yeah, the series yeah. to be. And then he's always like, Oh, we like released a calendar that <laughs> or <laughs> we're working on a novella. Or <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm like, God. sir, focus. <laughs> <laughs> but that's me too in my writing. I'm like, I got 30,000 words into one book and then another book took over. So <laughs> I'm like, I get well, it. With me, the first, my first book, you know, that was, um, I would say fairly short in everything. And then the second book just exploded, you know. So I don't know where in my third book I'm going to be. Am I going to be between the first and the third, you know, first and second book? So I understand it just it just takes over, you know. <laughs> so when you say exploded, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> Meaning that um, the first book was kind of like, well, I'm going to write it. I'm not going to put a whole lot into it yet. Just and I wanted to see if there was any interest out there. Because if mm -hmm. you want interest in a book, there's no point in me carrying on. Right. But the interest is so great in it that I got carried away in the second book. <laughs> <laughs> I did a lot more, you know. The, the second book is really uh, a lot longer, more, of course, more, more illustrations. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking, yeah, the third book, I think I might just go between the first and the second book and not make it too big you know right. but not too small just kind of write so but yeah so did it's, you uh, now you wrote it in a day so I imagine there wasn't a whole lot of planning that went into place for book one but did you have like as you're writing this a plan in place for the series yes I did and I knew when I first when I started the first one I knew how it was going to be in, in the very last book it's strange you know but mm -hmm. you can uh you look ahead and you, you especially the second book, I know exactly what's going to happen in the third book already. I already know the characters I want in there and everything and how it's going to end and mm -hmm. how, how, you know, how she's going to get home. And it's amazing how you're, um, when you love something and you, and I love this character so much mm -hmm. that, um, that when you're writing about her or, or you want her, you see her in, in the last phase of the whole series you just want her to be safe and and get home so you just for me from the very first time the very first time I started writing about her I already knew at the end how 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 everything was going to end out and I know that might sound weird but 
Um, it was like something I knew already. When I started writing, I knew. I knew where everything was going to go. I knew about the second book. And now I definitely know about the third book, how it's going to be. You're not actually the first author that I had. I think the first author I ever talked to said she'd already written the last chapter of her series, even though oh, she was wow. working on book two. <laughs> She's like, I know exactly how it's going to end because I've already written the last chapter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's a strange, strange thing, but it's um, it's a wonderful thing, you know. Um, now I write children's books, but I have also decided that I might just I, the next series of books I'm going to write is about uh, the backstory to Marag, and it's uh-huh. going to be about her mother, you know, and it's going to be called Queen Maeve, and then she's a warrior, you know, uh-huh. she's a warrior fairy. So, um, so I was kind of sad thinking, oh, Marag's going to end, you know, she's uh-huh. this end of Marag, and I thought, no, I can still incorporate her into another series that I'll start eventually. Uh-huh. So, I'm excited about it. So I know I have heard many times that you're supposed to like read in the genre that you're writing. Do you read other children's books? Like what are some of your favorites now to read? Actually, to be honest, I have not read that. I have not read other children's books. Um, I think it's because I'm just so focused on on mine um, that I just never really had an I've not had an opportunity to actually go somewhere and buy some books and read children's books. Mm-hmm. I um well, you need to go take them. pictures in the children's sections. This is where yeah. my book's going to be. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I do you're right. You're right. And um, <laughs> no, you're right. I should do that. And um, it's just you know I'm kind of shy in some respects, so it's, it'll take a lot for me to go into these bookstores and just say. You know, please buy my book. Please let me put my book in the shop. Well, you know, you, you know. can take baby steps. Just walk into the store the first time. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to talk to anybody. <laughs> like... <laughs> Just walk around and go, mm, oh, it's a dream. One day I'll be in here. So that's <laughs> the goal to be in, in the shops, you know. So my my one another goal of mine is it's but it's difficult um, to get your books into stores in Ireland. It's very very uh-huh. difficult to do that. So um, I don't know if that will ever happen, but it's it's a dream of mine. It's um, a goal that I eventually want that to happen. So why is it hard? Like, do they have requirements? Yes, there's certain requirements, and you actually have to um, have a publisher over there. You know, oh, um, okay, yeah, so that's where the niche is, you know. So, you got to so, find a publisher over there, yes, <laughs> yes. And I already have a publisher here, so you know, it's kind of hard since they, since Jumpmaster Press is my publisher, I can't go and find another publisher, you know, in Ireland because they're going to be it'll be the same book. Mm-hmm. And they produce and, and they um, print off all the copies. So they do all of that work for us. So okay. We're very fortunate. Yeah, yeah. So um, so my goal right now is just to get the word out there about the books. I'm, I really believe in them. They are a very um, delightful book. It's just something that... Um, if you believe in magic, you know, it's just, it's there for mm-hmm. you. 
And I just think that children need that in their lives because a lot of them, you know, you know, they're growing up, they have all this computer stuff, they have all of that. They never really sit down right now and allow their imagination to just come alive because uh-huh. they could be future authors themselves. Right. So um, so that's that's my main goal is getting the word out there and um, trying to get my third book done. And um, so, yeah. Marie liked the story of Snow White when she was a kid. Snow White and the Seven Dwarves is a 19th century German fairy tale that is today known widely across the Western world. The Brothers Grimm published it in 1812 in the first edition of their collection, Grimm's Fairy Tales, and numbered as Tale 53. The original German title was Sneewitchen, a low German form, but the first version gave the high German translation Sneewiken, and the tale has become known in German by the mixed form Sneewitchen. The Grimm's completed their final revision of the story in 1854, which can be found in the 1957 version of Grimm's fairy tales. The fairy tale features such elements as the magic mirror, the poisoned apple, the glass coffin, and the characters of the evil queen and the seven dwarves. The seven dwarves were first given individual names in the 1912 Broadway play Snow White and the Seven Dwarves and then given different names in Walt Disney's 1937 film Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. The Grimm story, which is commonly referred to as Snow White, should not be confused with the story of Snow White and Rose Red. In German, Sneewitchen und Rosenrot, another fairy tale collected by the Brothers Grimm. In the Arne Thompson folklore classification, tales of this kind are grouped together as Type 709, Snow White... Others of this kind include Bella Venezia, Mersena, Nuri Hadig, Gold Tree and Silver Tree, The Young Slave, and La Petite Toute Belle. Today, we'll be reading Gold Tree and Silver Tree, the Scottish version of this story. Don't forget, we're reading Les Mortes d'Arthur, the story of King Arthur and of his noble knights of the round table on our Patreon. You can find the link in the show notes. Gold Tree and Silver Tree Once upon a time, there was a king who had a wife, whose name was Silvertree, and a daughter whose name was Goldtree. On a certain day of the days, Goldtree and Silvertree went to a glen, where there was a well, and in it there was a trout, said Silvertree. Trouty, bonny little fellow, am not I the most beautiful queen in the world? Oh, indeed you are not. Who then? Why, Goldtree, your daughter— Silvertree went home, blind with rage. She lay down on the bed and vowed she would never be well until she could get the heart and the liver of Goldtree, her daughter, to eat. At nightfall, the king came home, and it was told him that Silvertree, his wife, was very ill. He went where she was and asked her what was wrong with her. Oh, only a thing which you may heal if you like. Oh, Indeed, there's nothing at all which I could do for you that I would not do. If I get the heart and the liver of Gold Tree, my daughter, to eat, I shall be well. Now it happened about this time that the son of a great king had come from abroad to ask Gold Tree for marrying. The king now agreed to this, and they went abroad. The king then went and sent his lads to the hunting hill for a he goat, and he gave its heart and its liver to his wife to eat, and she rose well and healthy. A year after this, Silvertree went to the glen, 
where there was a well in which there was the trout. Trouty, bonny little fellow, said she. Am not I the most beautiful queen in the world? Oh, indeed you are not. Who then? Why, Goldtree, your daughter. Oh, well, it is long since she was living. It is a year since I ate her heart and liver. Oh, indeed, she is not dead. She's married to a great prince abroad. Silvertree went home and begged the king to put the long ship in order and said, I'm going to see my dear gold tree, for it is so long since I saw her. The long ship was put in order and they went away. It was Silvertree herself that was at the helm, and she steered the ship so well that they were not long at all before they arrived. The prince was out hunting on the hills. Goldtree knew the longship of her father coming. Oh, said she to the servants, my mother is coming, and she will kill me. She shall not kill you at all. We will lock you in a room where she cannot get near you. This is how it was done. And when Silvertree came ashore, she began to cry out, Come to meet your own mother when she comes to see you. Goldtree said that she could not, that she was locked in the room and that she could not get out of it. Will you not put out, said Silvertree, your little finger through the keyhole, so that your own mother may give a kiss to it? She put out her little finger, and Silvertree went and put a poisoned stab in it, and Goldtree fell dead. When the prince came home and found Goldtree dead, he was in great sorrow. And when he saw how beautiful she was, he did not bury her at all, but he locked her in a room where nobody would get near her. In the course of time, he married again, and the whole house was under the hand of this wife but one room, and he himself always kept the key of that room. On a certain day of the days, he forgot to take the key with him, and the second wife got into the room. What did she see there? But the most beautiful woman that she ever saw. She began to turn and try to wake her, and she noticed the poisoned stab in her finger. She took the stab out and Goldtree rose alive as beautiful as she was ever. At the fall of night, the prince came home from the hunting hill looking very downcast. What gift, said his wife, would you give me that I could make you laugh? Oh, indeed, nothing could make me laugh except Goldtree were to come alive again. Well, you'll find her alive down there in the room. When the prince saw Goldtree alive, he made great rejoicings, and he began to kiss her and kiss her and kiss her said the second wife. Since she is the first one you had, it is better for you to stick to her and I will go away. Oh, indeed, you shall not go away, but I shall have both of you. At the end of the year, Silvertree went to the glen where there was the well, in which there was the trout. Trouty, bonny little fellow, said she. Am not I the most beautiful queen in the world? Oh, indeed, you are not. Who then? Why, Goldtree, your daughter. Oh, well, she is not alive. It is a year since I put the poison stab into her finger. Oh, indeed, she's not dead at all at all. Silvertree went home and begged the king to put the longship in order. For that she was going to see her dear Goldtree, as it was so long since she saw her. The longship was put in order, and they went away. It was Silvertree herself that was at the helm, and she steered the ship so well that they were not long at all before they arrived. The prince was out hunting on the hills. Goldtree knew her father's ship coming. Oh, said she, my mother is coming, and she will kill me. 
Not at all, said the second wife. We will go down to meet her. Silver Tree came ashore. Come down, Gold Tree love, said she, for your own mother has come to you with a precious drink. It is custom in this country, said the second wife, that the person who offers a drink takes a draft out of it first. Silver Tree put her mouth to it, and the second wife went and struck it so that some of it went down her throat and she fell dead. They had only to carry her home a dead corpse and bury her. The prince and his two wives were long alive after this, pleased and peaceful. I left them there. Thank you for joining Freya's Fairy Tales. Be sure to come back next week for the conclusion of Marie's journey to holding her own fairy tale in her hands, and to hear another of her favorite fairy tales.